and welcome to 10 Very Big Books. I'm India. This is a Malzan read-through podcast. And with me today is my friend and closest confidant, AJ Fuleri. Hi. Well, that's a delight. Next, but certainly not second in my heart, and also very smart, Joshua Dean Baker. Hello and good morning. Thank you, India. Big brain on that guy. And your very own Queen of Darkness, Peter Bond. Wow, coming in, getting the third slot. I feel like potentially one of the first times ever on the show, just Mm -hmm. a totally different orientation energy coming into the episode. Good morning, Mm -hmm. India, how are you? I'm doing well. I was going to put you first, as always, my friend and closest confidant, which is now AJ, actually. Um, But once I, I saw the Queen of Darkness, I said, oh, I know the Queen of Darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's peter anyway how's it going guys like what's new it's been a while i feel i haven't seen these shining faces <laughs> yeah it's good i mean we did we did episodes one and two back to back so we kind of had a little bit of a, a lead time on recording this one but uh it's good i've my my office is finally coming together the weather's nice out and uh yeah the book is good we're feeling good vibes yeah i'm feeling yeah. good vibes good sunday morning good. vibes good vibes march is March, are we doing it? Is it going to be a great month? It's, you know? By the time this episode comes out, it will be almost the end of April. Yeah. Okay. And as it is Goodness. right now, it is the end of March. So, <laughs> Okay. Fuck me, take, I guess. Wanna, sorry, wanna, for, sorry for sharing a joke on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't very funny. I, okay. I didn't even know it was a joke. I didn't wow. either. I didn't either. <laughs> but that's okay. That was a good, it was a good effort, PB. It was yeah. good. I loved it. I had the honor yesterday of seeing PB's workplace in person for the first time. Oh. I got the whole grand tour. It was lovely. Um, and the address of that place. It was quite beautiful. Yeah. And the security code. Oh. Like, what are the, how do we um, get in there? Uh, there was a quick security code, uh, but I didn't get to see what it was. Josh, (laughs) the doors do auto lock when they leave. Mm. So we can get in. We, I did see Josh. I I did see Josh yesterday and Josh had a craft root beer, had a little treat for himself. It was delicious. Um, Not as cold as I wanted. I want to, I want a root beer to be like almost painfully cold. How about you, India? How's the big apple? Oh, you know, New York city, New York city. Times sure are shitty, but I'm pretty sure they can't get any worse. Do you guys know what that's from? Um, it. No, it's from Rent. Gossip Girl. Rent, rent, rent. Let's rent. get into it, though. Never I've had enough. Rent. I've actually weirdly a blind spot for me, too. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Are we going to do a Rent watch on the Patreon? Oh, my God. Is that our movie for the next epigraphs? <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I the year of sixth grade, I got it as a gift, a DVD. Um, for it's really a little young for rent. Oh, please. Pretty I, rough no, 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 no. I watched it every day for a year. I can wow. actually it's like one of those things, you know, like it's just one of those things where you're like really annoying during the movie because you're like, oh, my God, I love this part. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Reciting <laughs> wow, the lines no as way. they say them. That's me. And I rent. love this is incredible to learn. Unfortunately, this is now me and Avatar, too. Uh, it's <laughs> I, think you mean, I think you mean tar. Also that way with Tar. Yeah, so India, I totally relate. I um, did, Peter, I did see some, a band director recently ask online. They were like, leaving for a couple days. Uh, should I leave Tar for the kids to watch? Is this, I hear it's about, a con-. and I was like, everyone's like, absolutely not, sir. It is rated R. Please do not leave this movie and get fired. Christ. Um, or would, no, no. Yeah, no, I no. Can't, I can't do the bit. Don't do it. I really advise against it. Um, but you could show them Rent. 
maybe the rent's the watch, you know? Yes, yes. India just checking the angles there. I'm figuring out how I'm going to contour my face later. <laughs> oh, I see. That's fair. Uh, thinking about the contouring. Always got to think about the contouring. Yeah, I have, make- I, I have to go do some makeup ABC, later. ABC. Um, but anyway, oh my gosh, you guys are so distracting. Let's get started. All right, let's do it. I, wanna... I was really quick. I just wanted to make the joke uh, more like the contoured god. Anyway, let's go. AJ, that joke sucked. Okay, <laughs> fuck you. Okay, oh, because I kind apparently, of agree. apparently, that's the energy we're bringing when people try and make jokes on this show. Okay, <laughs> fuck you for trying to be funny. AJ. Okay, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I didn't even know it's supposed to be a joke. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about these chapters. Chapter five. Withel enters the throne room to a mildly heated argument between Jan Tovis and our second favorite Queen of Darkness, Sandalath. Neither of them want the throne yet, but they are both queens. Jan Tovis eventually persuades Sandalath to take the throne, since she is a Tistiandi of royal blood, and that Jan Tovis has more important things to do, like go to the shore. And probably die. Sandalath agrees and plans to decline the honor as soon as another Tistandi arrives. She blames Tavor. Poor Tavor, honestly. Withel suggests to her that he might not be the best consort for her. He thinks that the Tistandi will look down on him as a mere mortal. But Sandalath tells him they will see him as a threat because humans in Malazan are the worst and are in everyone's business. Yantovis and the Watch can see what we learn Artistiliogen trying to break through the barrier at the shore. There's apparently a weak point that they need to protect, because of course there is. Yedin and Pithy talk about what might inspire the Lethary to fight at the shore, question mark, because I'm not sure if that's where they want them to fight. Yedin rattles off basic ideals like that they would do it to save the world. While Pithy is a little more realistic, saying money will work better. When asked what she would fight for, she says neither, but instead that watching Yantovis and Yeren save the Sheikh made her decide to fight for what's right. Cute. Yantovis feels a physical pull of the first shore to her Sheikh blood. She feels conflicted in forcing her people to fight but ultimately decides she has to go to the shore. In Coland City, we see five Forkrill Sail peers ascending the spire. Reverence, a Forkrill Sail, thinks about their judgment upon humanity, their defense of the world. At the Altar of Judgment, we see they have the heart of the crippled god. Disgusting. And then we find out her plan to drain its power and open the gate of Acherest Corvaline and use it to cleanse the world of humanity in the name of justice. The peers discuss all of their enemies while having a little battle strategy planning meeting. I think their enemies are from the West. I don't know what's West, and I don't know who they're talking about. Calm is trying to convince them that Brother Diligence should be sent. He, who happens to be Sister Reverence's closest ally, Interesting alliances within the Forkwell Assail are coming to light, and I don't know how to feel. They agree that Sister Calm shall head to the west and face the threats there. They are interrupted by Water to Miss, who tells them a fleet of warships is sighted from the west, whatever that means. 
Sekulath remembers his time within chaos, remembers the birth of the twins, named Opan, which he literally and figuratively gave birth to. What in the Greek mythology was that? Anyway, he is interrupted by Erastus. They discuss their plans while watching over Kilimandaros, who is facing down Carabas. The snake decides to leave the city. Ania, I know, I know your host tag. I just wanted to jump in now that we're in the Malazan zone. Great couple chapters. Great <laughs> had a, couple chapters. Had a great time. <laughs> had a great time over here. Mm. Actually, I'm going to agree. These chapters were pretty good. My favorite was the second one, I think. I would say, it's a bold stance, maybe the best trio of chapters outside of like an end trio of chapters, you know? But like, whoa, for like early middle of the book, I don't think there's a better trio. Josh, wow. I had a very similar thought. I was yeah. like, I was like, this is really some of the best. This is like to me, like I was like, this is some top tier Malazan stuff I'm reading right now. And we you know? we'll, we'll get to it when the times come up. But while Peter was giving me a tour of their workplace yesterday, we did both admit to each other that we cried a little during one of the chapters. <gasps> but then Pete refused. But we, to, but we didn't say. We so didn't we're say. We're gonna have to see. Peter said we had to keep it fresh for the for the show. Wow. Did either of you get teary eyed at all? Uh, um, I don't think so. I mean, I felt sad. Yeah. Well, listen, let's get into it. So India, Carcanus, yeah, thank, we're here. Wow, wow thanks so much um, for passing <laughs> You're that welcome. back, Peter. No worries. Um, <laughs> back to you, Inge. Appreciate it. Thank you. So maybe I'll just, you know what? Um, actually, in my job a lot, they're saying, I'm going to punt it over to X, Y, and Z. So I'm <laughs> going to. I hate when people say punt. It's so weird. So I'm going to actually um, punt it over to you, Josh. Okay. <laughs> we're opening up. We're seeing Jan Tovis and Sandalath literally immediately in the beginning pissed off about who has to be queen because neither of them want that responsibility. Yeah. Um, who do you think would have been like should be queen of mm. and why? Well, I don't think either at the moment is the best choice, although there's no other options. So I know that's kind of where we're at. I feel like they're both incredibly fatalistic and that is not a trait I would want in a leader personally um have you met the tist andy yeah <laughs> okay fair point aj fair point maybe maybe uh maybe sandalith's perfect for this but um i like the scene a lot because uh i mean I, I hear where they're both coming from i mean sandalith is like she died like and and has been has been able to run away from this responsibility for like you know millennia so i can imagine you know not wanting to come back and deal with it <laughs> And it's a, it's such a serious responsibility too. It, it's yeah. not it's not just being queen. It's like being queen of these people. It's like connecting with these women's identities. Yes, yes. As their people are coming, the diaspora is ending, and they're returning to the homeland and trying to reforge some sense of culture or community. So it's like to be that person in a way I feel is exemplifying their like yeah. the Tisandi culture or like becoming it in a sense spiritually. I don't know. It's a huge thing. I, I it feels like it'd be a big weight to step into yeah it is and i i really like that jan tovis i mean it really says a lot to jan tovis's character that she like has you know she's really come into her own as a leader of her people but she even is like hey this is not my response i got my people here those are my people you've got to be the one for yours and i mean everything she says makes a lot of sense and i just love that send of this like maybe if i keep breaking statues they'll just let me go home who did you think? Did you have a strong opinion about the two of them? I don't know. I have like an affinity toward um, Jan Tovis. 
Mostly because Sandalath is just kind of like, I don't know. She's just not feeling it. She's just not the vibe. Sand, uh, neither is Yontovis, but she just gives more like, you know, more experience, more, I don't know, thoughts. Agree? And why Why do you think she's like denying this, the, this here? Like, do you agree with her? Do you think she's wrong? Because it sucks. Yeah, I would deny it too. I mean, it's not like yeah. she's getting like, it's not like the pretty part of like being a like a queen. It's like shitty. You actually have to do things like who wants to do that? Not me. I just want to sit and do nothing and have money, mm. you know? So mm. it's not like it's not like the fun, like fun queen. It's like, no, you actually have to fix things. And that's <laughs> that's a lot of work. It's a lot of pressure. That's tough mm. news to hear. Yeah, especially like right on like the brink of the world ending it's just like not a great time to be in power i would say it's not a great time to be a queen mm -hmm. right yeah like it's always a great time to be a queen but it's not a great time to be a queen <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes so yeah that's how i felt about that and i also like want to ask you guys what you think about that crazy strange thing at the shore what does it look like to you with the people pushing through whatever they're pushing through. Like, what are you like thinking in your head? I'm going to, I'm going to punt that over to AJ. Yeah, honestly, I like, I, I don't see it. Um, there's like, I have a pretty good mental image of things usually, but this is one of those things that I just could not. It's so abstract. Yeah. 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 I just like, couldn't, I, I couldn't figure out what it looks like. I think the closest thing that keeps popping into my head is, you know, that scene in the mummy where Imhotep's head is in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind I, of that I've actually thought that's also wow. someone, how it looks in my head. Yeah. Wow, and I'm like, this something. isn't correct, but this is what I see. That's so uh, scary though. Yeah. It's kind of horrifying is, is if I'm being honest. Um, I have to tell you, I have no idea why Lightfall. Uh, is one of these things is that just like my brain just cannot get my head around what this wall looks like. You Lightfall. Know? Yes, that's what it's yeah. called. And in the same way, chaos is another one of the elements of the series. Mm. When I'm trying to think about what it is or what it looks like, it's like it only makes sense as metaphor and sim. Like it's like when I try and think about it as a physical object, my brain just is completely fucking empty. Mm -hmm. You literally just described literally the last 10 books. Like actually. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like chaos for me is like a big dust cloud most of the time for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like when it's like, oh, they got to keep pulling the cart. I'm like, oh, so the behind it is like dust, smoky. Yeah, it's just a bunch of dust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of yet and Derek stuff there. He's yeah. on the shore. He is on mm. the shore. How did you guys like feel when he was talking to Pithy? Actually, Peter, mm. I feel like this is good for you. Um, like about what, how to get the the shake. Yeah, to want to like oh fight. Oh my god. Such a beautiful, such a beautiful section. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. It's like they're they're talking about like like the cause and whether and there's such an echo here to the bone hunters. And it's like, mm. oh, can people who aren't like directly involved in a situation, in a conflict, you know, can like the cause sustain a fight? Can the cause be will to purpose? You know, can the cause be your will to 
enter a battle to enter a situation so really it's like oh can a human really step outside of themselves and do good and be a part of something bigger than themselves you know can the shake humans here like arise to join a battle and potentially die for something that you know this is not their homeland this is not their diaspora this is really not their fight at all in some ways um, in some ways it is blah 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 and that's just like it's an examining this question and it's this dialogue about like can they really do this do you know what I mean would they take that fight and then of course there's like no we have to pay them and then you're getting actually into kind of a logistic conversation but I just thought it was such a beautiful conversation and it's so moving to me the idea that the shake these people we found for followed for so long like can they fight in that way and are they willing to you know I don't know I really love that section and I love Yet and Derek, so mm. agree. Um, I like Yet and Derek too, but I think that he is a little idealistic. He's always kind of been like that, kind of kind of pie in the sky, like yeah, everybody just does what they got to do, and then it'll yeah. be fine. That's he like, definitely has a, a he has a deep sense of duty and honor, and like I think he sees that in everyone else, and mm-hmm. it's just like they're like me, of course, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, because everybody is the same. We're all we're all the same. Yeah, we pop over then to Yontovis and she's like, mm, I'm feeling the pull. I got to go to the shore, which always reminds me of the Jersey Shore. Like every time I see the shore, I'm like, huh. uh, she has to go to the beach. Yet she's got to go lay the out. situation. Right. <laughs> she's like, Mike, where are the, the juice watch? heads? I got to go to the shore. <laughs> OK, listen, I hate to say it, but, you know, I'm just getting a little older and I'm here and I'm like, can we do a bit about the Jersey Shore? That's or exactly what I was this, just thinking. Is, is this like dating me to being the oldest person in, yeah. on the internet? You know? <laughs> okay. I'm happy to say I never watched it, and it doesn't it does not land for me that much either. Uh, well, Josh, you didn't grow up in New Jersey, baby. That yeah. is um, true. Neither did India. True. Yeah, but what is New <laughs> yeah, York if not New Jersey? What uncle? is what is New York if not New Jersey? It's okay. Um, oh my God! It's so many more things. It's it's a hundred percent not India, New India, Jersey. India, we know. We said it just. <laughs> that wasn't even a good joke. Another, it's just the the pod. Not on I my episode. Are we having the joke. day of okay. bad jokes? That's not. This episode's the only uh, not funny one. The only one. All the other ones are funny and good. Okay, let the record show. It's ridiculous. Anyway, now that you've upset me, let's move on <laughs> to the Fork Girl of Sale, which it actually, actually, wait, no. Do you have anything to say, though, about, um, like, Jan Tovis deciding that she has to go and making that choice for her people? Like, well, you're going to do it because I'm doing it, yeah. bitches. Not cool. But, you know, she kind of has a responsibility, don't we all? Yeah, I mean, that's it's this idea of her being the queen, right? I mean... And that that like sucks. And she has this line here. Uh, How I envy Sandalith Dracorlat, the queen with no subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, Got him. Which I ju- which I just think is like all the power. Now that's a good joke. <laughs> that's a good joke. Uh, in some ways, I think um, Jan Tovis sees it as like all the power with like no responsibility, um, which I think we know is not true. But it's it's responsibility uh, to like to a people. You know, and I don't know. It's it's into like a a culture and community, as Pete was saying. But I think you know, Yantovis can only see this like direct. She has to lead these people actually physically in real life right now. It stinks. It's hard. Definitely sounds a little stressful to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if any of you guys like. Why do you think she's having this moment? Because she has been a leader for so long now. Mm. So what do you think this difference is here? Where this leadership is 
obviously, you know, she's having these thoughts about it, you know? I feel like up till now, maybe there was a sense of like this outside force pushing them in a direction and she was just the one responsible for leading them in that direction. And now that they've kind of, you know, they made it to Carcanus or whatever, they're here. It's like, okay, now what? I guess I have to figure it out. You know, uh, I think that's kind of how I how I see it. And and that's obviously more responsibility than being like, well, it's our moral duty or imperative or whatever to go back to the shore. But now that they've you know made it through the Warrens and stuff and people have you know, people have died. Things have changed. You know, I think also that's that's a that's a development also is like she has been leading and it hasn't always been great. And we've kind of just been in this holding pattern in Carcanus for a bit. But now it's like, all right, I guess nothing's going to happen if I don't do it, you know, which uh, is a lot. Peter, any final thoughts there? No, no, I'm good. Thanks. I just wanted to just had a blast with this section. Love talking about it. I totally to agree. Honestly, we don't get enough uh, Jan, Jan Tovis time. Shout out Twilight, Jan Tovis. You uh, know me. I've always been in the bag for Twilight. Okay. okay. Well, you can't read the whole series and know how good a character is and then be like, <laughs> I've always loved this character. Yeah. I, you cannot say I've not been representing Twilight since her first arrival on the pod. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But what was her first arrival for you is the question, you know? Um. Yeah. That is an interesting question. When you saw her on the on the cliff in, what was it, Bone Hunters? To be or- honest. To be honest, I liked her in book five the first time I read her. Late Night Tides, geez. Yeah, but did you but, think she was going to, like, last? Oh, no, no, fuck yeah, okay, I yeah, was okay. not like, oh, this is the start of a major storyline for the series. <laughs> right, okay, good. I'm glad that we're on the same page with that, at least. Yeah. All right, let's bust out those elbows and head on over. <laughs> <laughs> did not like that. Rev up those joints. Okay, guys, no, that's enough. that was worse. That's enough. Made it yeah. worse. We're, guys, you know what? Let's just see what we're doing. There are five forklift sail piers, and they're going into this, and they're sending the spire. What's a spire? I don't know. What are All they right, sending? So, I don't know. So we're outside of the capital city of Calance. We're in the Bay of Calance, and there is a rocky island atop of which is kind of like a mountainy peak, and that is the spire. There's a temple up there, and that is where the crippled god's heart is currently at. I'm going to say multiple things here. One, I feel like Colance is some kind of anti-diarrheal. I don't know why. Colance? <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, second thing. Um, <clears throat> why do they have that man's heart? But, but it does make sense, though, that why he's such an asshole. Am I right? Well, he felt when, when, when he was chained down, I, I guess when he fell down at first, he was broken to a bunch of pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it happened during the chaining. I can't remember which. But at some point, he broke into a bunch of pieces. And, like, yeah. a lot of them are just places. And then this one is here. Yeah, they, they've said that it landed in Colance, which I'm not 100% sure is true. But that's what we've been told. And Peter is really laughing at something. Yeah, Peter, what's going on? I, I just think it's it's so funny how things hit people differently. Literally, no part of me has ever... Uh, in my mind, I'm like, well, they have his heart, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Na- naturally, naturally, they have his heart. <laughs> no part of me has ever thought about it. So just why they have his heart really hit me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's well, a good question, though. It's like, why? Well, you know. Well, why yeah, why? Yeah. But thank you for they, clearing they that up. They have his heart, India. Of course they do. <laughs> why they wouldn't have. they have his heart? <laughs> India, um, they have it. <laughs> so, so it's in the spire, India. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So my question's then, like, going through this, 
Writing these summaries is not easy when you don't know what the hell is going on. I'm going to be clear. Mm. Like, mm. let's let's just let's just dive right in. So, yeah, well, India, what did what did you think of the meeting, the little meeting of them in I, the tower? The little meeting I found silly. Um, they're scary. I mm-hmm. no longer I still find them. I still find them very much dark academia, though, which is even funnier <laughs> still to think of them. It is like, really funny. <laughs> thank you. Um, I just don't understand like they're and I, I understand maybe it's intentionally like kind of vague, but they want to set the crippled god free or do they want to stab and eat his heart what that is going on they want to so they want to stab and eat his heart and uh adjunct tavor wants to free him yeah but the heart is like encased in some sort of Rock. magic or like physical actual thing i'm not 100 percent sure um but they so want do to they not know how to get because i was like why don't they just fucking do it then no, they, they know, know how to, how to do to it. it i think there's like a specific time they're waiting for i think they're waiting for circumstances to align i could be wrong mm. though and and the thing is this is gonna open their warren our cast corvalane um, yeah which will like be the world's judgment right it probably so like we because later, they're very like justice focused. They're right, like of course. this yeah. will be just just we love justice. Just we we hear later with Tavor giving some of her plans about the importance of like the jade slashes lining up with stuff. Mm. So it's possible that they're waiting for that exact same thing. They want uh, the slow, they want the maybe they want the jade slashes to be there so that when they open the heart, the followers power pours into the heart and then they suck that out. You know, uh, you know, Josh. That wow. I was just thinking it was really hard to open and they just been That's sitting there like thinking. smashing it over and over again, waiting for it to crack. <laughs> but your thing makes a lot more sense. Um, um, I did. In, have- India, I, f- I fully agree. The vibes are so bad. The four seem like would really not like not to meet one. You know, mm-hmm. they seem very unfriendly. I agree. They do seem unfriendly. And I think that in this like section, we also got to see like maybe I don't know, like some like alliances or. I just feel like they're all a little shady to each other as well. Like they're not just like one like unit that's gonna. Yeah. What did you think together? What what did you what did y'all think about our POV here being reverence this new four girl yeah. sale and not just like continuing to follow calm calm yeah. yeah and that's also a reason like I feel like they're setting us up for like these differences because mm-hmm. why why are we getting these uh, I thought that was really interesting because I had not no I had I had not seen calm as the young upstart that right. apparently <laughs> they are and uh, I mean it's nice to know that. I think it's a testament to the writing that even this kind of brand new army that we're dealing with is still follows the same rules of if if it's people, they don't like each other. <laughs> so, some, something in there is causing friction. Yeah, it's giving very much um, the Dragon Sisters vibes. Yes. Uh, Menandere, Sukulankadu, and... Not Sukulath. Sukulankadu. right, not Sukulath. Yeah. Suckle on to Lou. Thank Fuck you. These names. Um, and the third one. And the third one. <laughs> Sorry. Peter, you don't need to try. It's okay. Someone will tell us. It's not important. We should just keep moving. Okay. You're sitting there in like a meditative pose. I'm going to keep trying to think, but it's oh, not they've important. They've taken the headphones off. Okay. All right. Great. So then, yeah, I don't really know. I'm like not super. They're, this whole reasoning of them and their whole storyline is now just like. Just another thing to keep track of. We love it. We're we're interested. <laughs> Are we liking where it's going, guys? How do we feel? 
Are we interested in the fork roll sale? What's our I'm temperature? Ve- I-, I am very interested in the fork roll sale, but I don't. I mean, I, I get vaguely what their plan is, you know, power, etc. And then we're trying to backstab, even though there's only 12 of us or something. But I don't I don't know what's going on, but I am looking forward to figuring it out. And I am also yeah. like, this is the last book. This is the last book. So I feel like most of this book has to be us figuring out what the four girl sale are up to. Yeah, I was going to say I I'm happy that we're learning because I had said last time that I was a little a little perturbed mm. that, uh, you know, the That's final right. race that we have hardly seen at all is suddenly the endgame villains. But like, <laughs> I'm glad we're going to learn about them yeah. and they're not just the big bads. Yeah, it's shelf lore. Sheltalore. <laughs> How could we forget? So distinct from all the other names. Or is it Shelt? Um, is it Sheltatha? Or is that the the way that you say it wrong? That's the way I say it, which does it probably means it's wrong. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we're learning a lot more about the Forkless Sale. Sorry to cut you off there, Josh. And are you? Ha- what's your What's your temp end? Um, I'm. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. Mm. I'm interested. I'm fascinated, and I. However, I'm also exasperated. And I don't, I don't want you to feel alone in that because I also it's, it is hard. I'm like reading what's going on. I'm like the, all of these new names that are just emotions. And now we're brothers and sisters. And now we're doing a bunch of other stuff. Like, I don't have a grasp on anything that's happening, but I am interested in it. That's that's. Yeah. yeah. And did we did we ask what do we think Sister Calm? Oh, we know what Sister Calm found in the West, actually. We already know that. Yes, um, we do. She found a carrium. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew that. I'm just I'm just going to share since it's somewhat related, although I know it comes up later. Um, I think a chapter seven to me. I this time through um, like super keyed into the Forkola sale stuff for various reasons. And one element that I think is very cool is like talking about the watered or these various elements of other Forkola sale that have like different they're like their whole society outside of the tower and how like they've affected Estebans or when like Queen Abastral is talking in chapter seven and you hear about the Inquisitors and stuff like I just think you learning about the whole region I've really been tuned into the way mm. that like the Forkrilla sail and the region have been built out too. like the snake is like a con is like also related to it. I mean, so I think you're like, in some ways you're learning a lot about the fork sale outside of like interacting with them. Do you know what I mean? But I agree. It is confusing. And it also doesn't help that they're all just named like friendship or whatever. Okay. Not friendship, <laughs> yeah. bad example, but you take my point. Yeah. Well, Josh, tell us about the ships. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter. Aren't they described as wolfish? They, I think, are described that way. Yeah, I what believe they mean? call them like gray wolf-like ships. Right. Well, everything would make you think it's the gray wolves, but we are under the assumption that all of them died uh, when Tok and them were uh, ambushed mm. back uh, like three books ago at this point. And so that's very curious to me. And... Another, correct me if I'm wrong, because there's the gray. Oh, sorry. Do we have the gray helms or the gray wolves right now? Who do we have with us? We have the gray. The parish gray helms. Gray helms. Yeah. So then we do. So these are wolfish ships. So it, I mean, look, we're going to find out eventually. All signs would point to gray wolves somehow surviving and having a whole fleet. But that feels a little absurd to me. But also, I have literally no idea what other army this could be. Is there an army we've all forgotten about? I know at some point they had split up the parish and like sent ships all over the place, but I didn't imagine they'd already gone around the entire north side of the continent or something. So, Pete, any thoughts? I have no comment. No comment. Okay. 
That's about all I got. India. It's it's pretty. I we have no idea who they could be. Good to know. And then last but not least, Sukul Lath had babies. Mm. Yeah, the Opon twins. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was interesting. Fascinating. It it was giving Greek mythology. Mm. Very Greek mythology. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a great comparison. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That was just, it's fun. It's fun to hear them talk about Opan and it's just like talk about luck, chance, whatever. Yeah. Um, there was a good quote in it, but I don't remember what it was about um, <laughs> like luck. But yeah, loved it. And um, we'll see you in chapter six. But first, we're going to thank our Patreons. Woo. Thank you so much to Snarf Bomber. Uh, Dildole, uh, I hope this is news.com, Ash and Andrew. A lot of great names in this one, if I'm being totally honest with you. Uh, loving, loving the energy. Uh, thank you so much for your support, as always. Uh, that epigraphs episode with Pete and Josh is up there. Uh, I did a little live stream conversation about The Last of Us uh, conversation with myself and a few people in chat. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna watch that, uh, that's a video. There's also a bunch of other stuff. This episode comes out in a month, so I don't exactly know uh, what other stuff will be up there. I'm sure there'll be a couple more mini episodes, maybe from Pete reading a book or watching a movie or something. But that is all. Thank you so much for your support, uh, and let's move on now to the next chapter. Chapter 6 Rough opening to the chapter, but the Talani Mass and Tool stand amongst the dead bodies of children that they killed. Everyone feels pretty awful, as you might imagine, except Tool. They head southeast. Kalt Erminal and Namkala remain behind. They will spend the rest of their lives seeking peace. Like, why'd you guys do it then? I don't know, but they did. Quick POV change to Tool. He remembers the first instance humans met the IMAS. He realizes he is having Olar Ethel's memories. He thinks that Talk was also compelled by her and forgives him. Tool can feel the rising of the Elder Warren and the convergence in the East and he takes his 3,000 Talani mass towards it. Everyone can hear Tool's thoughts, and it's miserable for everyone. Gessler tells Stormy he has to return to the Bone Hunters and find out who survived and how badly their allies were hurt. Stormy, as Shield Anvil, is supposed to go to ease the ghosts that are still lingering. Grub watches Stormy leave and tells Sin that something is going on. She gives literally no fucks, since they're all mostly dead anyway. Grub tries to mourn Keneb's death. It's so sad. Honestly, it really is so sad. Sin's brother died too, but she doesn't really lose any sleep over it. Grub wonders how she feels nothing and wants to join her in that. He thinks that if it means an end to pain, he will. Big fucking reveal. Sin killed Keneb, which was brutal. She's like an absolute psychopath, but I still do feel sad for her. We see a scene from Sin's childhood where she is sexually assaulted and used magic for the first time to kill her assailant. She still feels death inside her and wants to keep Grub close. 
at any and all costs. We learned that she killed Keneb by riding the lightning of the Kachain Naruk so that she and Grub would have no one but each other. Sick. Silchus Ruin wants to get Rude a Lail a cool sword. Rude misses his dad and his people. As he looks at the land around the peak where he sits, he remembers an encampment army laying siege to a fortress carved for mountains and wonders about what and who was involved. Cue Ublala Pung being silly with Jaconis and Rolada. Ublala Pung wakes from a dream. He watches Rolada sleep and remembers fondly the last time she tried to kill him. Sitak holds an ancient wolf skull and is shown visions of how they died by Kachain Shamal. She realizes it's time to leave and follow her own destiny. She thinks that it is time to let the wolves cleanse the world of humans, that she wants to kill them all. She wonders about returning to those who left and starting with them, but leaves them be. The remains of the Trigal mission start waking up and Faint asks Precious Thimble to try and conjure some water. Precious Thimble tries and summons a jade statue from the ground that kills Sweetest Sufferance by literally ripping them apart. Draconis turns into a dragon, I think, and legitimately stabs the statue in the forehead. Sick. We catch up with Torrent, the twins, and Olar Ethel. The twins ask if their father is alive. Torrent warns them that he might have changed from what they know. Grendel uses the shredded warrants to travel, and as he plunges through different places, he ends up losing himself to killing. Kalava brings him back, and he resigns himself to fighting Treach's war. Mapo battles between his desire to find Akarium and his desire to leave it all behind. He tries to convince himself that allowing three children to be taken was balanced against being there to prevent Akarium destroying the world, but he knows that that's not true. He admits to himself he is trying to find Akarium to be released, whatever that means. And that's it. Ooh, baby, some good, good parts in this one. Yeah, okay. this one was crazy. This one was crazy. I want to skip to the part that we all want to talk about or I just want to talk about, but I won't. Let's start with we're sitting here, Talani mass everywhere, and just a bunch of dead children. Mm. Brutal opening. Am I right? Yeah. And Tool, sad boy, doesn't give a single fuck. <laughs> he is done. He can't be... He can't be wavering in his mission here until he does in like 10 minutes. But how did we feel about this, guys? Like tools, pretty 180 personality change. What's going on? What are we thinking? Well, I mean, he even is talking about in this about how he's trying to, you know, fight Olar Ethel and how that's impacting him. But I don't know. I'm really conflicted because he he's like trying to get the best of both worlds by saying like these people did deserve it and anything i may question about that well olar ethel made me do it even if they didn't deserve it. <laughs> and it's a it's a little have his cake and eat it too for my taste um just like a man yeah and uh i it's rough i mean 
the Talon IMAS never have it easy, but like imagining this huge group of like millennia's old people who are just like, maybe child slaughter was the ultimate sin. Whoops. And uh, pretty tough stuff. Pretty tough, tough stuff to read. Yeah, I feel like it's like such a powerful addition to the scene in Dust of Dreams near the end of it. Because if I'm wrong, have we seen these characters since then? No, this is the first. Um, I can't remember. I don't, I think, I don't think we have. I think it's our first time seeing them. So I feel like it's like that happens. And that's just that this scene, I think, is just such a well-needed expansion and kind of breath and moment with where Tool is as a character and kind of sitting in the aftermath of those crimes and kind of those acts and what he's doing, where mm -hmm. he is emotionally, you know? Is this the part that made you cry, PB? No. Okay. not. I feel like it was Grub no, that made no. you cry. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, um, I often forget Olar Ethel and like the the role that like they Torrent, play. the yeah. those kids, yeah, like the yeah, whole. Yeah. So I've kind of forgot about that, but it is later brought up. Tool realizes, like, oh my god, I just had this memory and it actually wasn't mine. And what the fuck is Olar Ethel like in my head? What's going on? Oh my god, Talk doesn't hate me. I fucked up shit mm -hmm. that's what i imagine that was actually like um if you took out all of the pages of feelings and dialogue how that would have went so yeah i i thought that was interesting and i also that but i was like oh shit i totally forgot about that um do you guys yeah. have that moment where you're just like i don't know oh well, i think i think it's so interesting like josh said it's like oh how much is olar a feel like in play actually involved you know i mean it's like it's such an interesting thing and it's like you know the whatever resentment because like olara feel like drives the ritual of talon in some ways and creates this whole thing you know whatever resentment and impetus towards retributive violence that comes from that mass is kind of being echoed into tool at this moment you know i mean it's like she and that impulse is in him and it's like oh it's just seeing him trying to navigate his own feelings about it in the wake of it mm. Mm. Navigating feelings is hard. Am I right? Um, yeah. Am I right, ladies? And beyond that, I, I'm not sure it would like hold up in court if he did get sued for mass murder of children. She and made he's me like, do it. It was yeah. in my head. Yeah. She was in my head. You know, that doesn't often stand up. So what's the precedent for um, mind control? Do we have? Right. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Now, that's the question. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, bring this to, to the Supreme Court. <laughs> I just want to know, you mm. know. So anyway, they move on. Two people stay behind. And by people, I mean, Talon, I'm ass because they're like, oh, my God, we can't we can't believe that we just killed all these children. What are mm. we going to do now? It's like, well, did you consider just not killing the children before? But um, they go off on their own. And now it's just all of us walking toward the convergence in the east, mm. whatever that means. We're all headed east. With Ulog Tugtill, Pete. Ulog Tugtill, baby. Literally every time they see it, say his name, she's his name, I'm like, my fucking guy, Ulog Tugtill. That's now, all I could think about reading this little bit. I was like, Pete's going to love this part. I have a question it, for all of you. Oh, go ahead, PB. Nothing. I was just going to talk more about him. You can, we can move on. It's really not that important. Okay, moving right along then. You are going on a beautiful vacation with your friends. Okay. Or... You're going to a really shitty, shitty place 
don't know where it is, the shittiest place you can think of oh. by yourself <laughs> with no money and no phone mm. <laughs> for a week. Tough choice. Okay. Now, the place that you're going that's beautiful with your friends, you have one friend that just murdered a bunch of children <laughs> and is starting to feel bad about it. And all you can think of and all you can think is what they're thinking. It's the elephant what trip in the room. do you go on? Oh my god. Um probably the one funny. Oh man. <laughs> if I had to choose, oof. Uh I don't want to be the first one to answer, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Um, well, here here's an important question. Yeah. Did all the children my friend murder, did they deserve it? Yeah. Did need suffice? No, that's up to that's up to your interpretation. They could have deserved it or they could have just been children that are not capable of taking on the responsibilities oh, of their parents. Um, so you think maybe they were the children were innocent and kind of didn't do anything wrong. And that might be the case. Like, that's up to that's up to interpretation. It's yeah, up to interpretation. Aren't children just going to grow into their parents. So, like, might as well nip it in the bud while you can. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. All I'm saying is maybe this friend had a point and maybe I want to get like uh, I want to get bottomless margs and you know whatever <laughs> Just you help know, him forget. It's, it's already done I can't you know me not going on this vacation and like getting wasted on mimosas at brunch isn't going to change the fact that these kids are dead is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah and me listen us not getting bottomless margs isn't going to change the fact that the kids are dead yeah. you know we should mm-hmm. just get the margs yeah. okay My fourth so- short stack of, of pancakes is not not gonna bring those kids back from the dead is all i'm saying with the fresh fruit on top it's not they're just they're gonna they're gonna stay dead i'm sorry my my actions (laughs) taking holding someone accountable i just couldn't do it i couldn't do it you know i gotta get these marks i'm sure they feel bad but we already you know we already prepaid for a lot of the stuff the excursions and everything you can't get that money back you can't get the money back inch okay fair fair but their thoughts are very loud and it is bringing it is high bringing down <laughs> hard bringing down the mood like i'm not sure we want bottomless mimosas at brunch or maybe we do but mm. someone's gonna end up crying you're thinking bloody mary's is what you're saying i don't know <laughs> what i'm understanding though is that you guys would like to go uh, on this vacation and that's interesting and um, that's fine. Moving right along. That was not the answer I was expecting from my sweet, sweet <laughs> friends. Oh my gosh, guys. Josh did an answer and I assume it's because he's taking the high road and or on Reddit. Yeah, so, I don't think that Josh was tuned be, in. It could be a little calm A, little calm B. Yeah, maybe, or, yeah. maybe he missed the question and really has been lost for quite a while. Oh, um, well, well. Listen. Josh, we don't need to circle back. If yeah, honestly, honest, you weren't missing much. Yeah. I was We've silly. done enough damage to our reputations as it is. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> get involved. <laughs> Moving right along. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, Stormy, Gessler, Sin, Grub, Dead, Keneb. Oh my God. But the biggest thing is. What a section. Oh my gosh. Best section for me, personally. Hmm. Cause Sin killed Keneb? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes, like she's that crazy. That got me. Mind blown. Mind was yeah. blown. I have not liked I've not liked Sin for a little I mean not sorry. I don't want to say I've actively disliked Sin, but I've not found her a very compelling character often because she's so moody and just sort of doesn't let us in. Damn. And then we get a little bit of a very tragic backstory that's followed up with so I had to fucking kill him, and I rode the lightning, baby. Like, no, what? I rode Why? the lightning. He, she literally says that. Yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, she says yeah, she rode she the lightning. Oh, really? oh, I'm thinking of ride the dragon. That's what it was. Chase yeah. the dragon. I, That's what it was. I was. I'm. Ve- I'm not happy. 
what makes the section even more difficult is then when you read Grub's point of view. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! And Grub's like, well, listen, he abandoned me. He's dead now. Like I got, and you're like, oh my god, god, uh, it's just heartbreaking stuff. It's yeah. heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, that that got me. To be to be honest, that did get me. And also, I just like wasn't expecting it. Like like a character is dead, and you're like, okay, yeah, every, like everyone died, and then it's like, no, no, no. I did it. And I'm like, Sin, yeah. why? But then it comes, you think like the first time we saw Sin, I think she like poisoned an entire camp. She right? did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she's been into genocide for a minute. So yeah, like this yeah. shouldn't feel like a surprise, but it just really did. Yeah. Um, well, and it just makes fa- you wonder like what's next for Sin? Like what, what is she <laughs> going to do next? next? Yeah. yeah. The, the poisoning was pre uh, Yigatan. So that was pre her being like a, a magic riddled uh, right. crazy person. Right. But I thought that she was magic like from like a child. That was when she first did her magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has done magic. But after Yigatan, she like lost Because when Quickbed met her or Kalam met her, I think it was Kalam met her. She just sort of was OK at magic. Yeah. And then Yigatan. Yeah, she like did all crazy. that wild fire magic or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then was just lost like, did, her marbles, lost her marbles, didn't talk for a while. Right. She was silent for a bit. Yep. Uh, and then aged 10 years and two weeks and nobody said anything. As one does. Well, we said everything. And we, we, we were told to stop thinking. <laughs> stop so hard thinking about, about it. it. Yeah. Um, it's just um, magic. Yeah. 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 Who cares so, about the rules of time? No, not I. And not the story. So, yeah, can, that can was I just, that. That was. Can, please, please. Can I do. just read the end of this grub section where he's staring at sin? Uh, your brother has died, sin, and you just sleep. The magic's carved everything out of you, hasn't it? You're just wearing that girl's face, her skin. And whatever you are, there inside, it isn't human at all anymore, is it? All you want is me to join you. Well, if it means an end to feeling pain, then I will. Keneb, why did you leave me? And it's like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Do you think she did it so that Grub would join her? And it's kind of what she says, right? Like she needs to, she needs, or she wants Grub to, I can't remember what the exact words are, but like she wanted to have Grub have no one but her, mm. basically. That's depressing. Mm-hmm. It's It makes me so sad. She's like, she's so closed off and she's so traumatized. Mm-hmm. Like she just. Mm-hmm. It's pretty brutal, oh. honestly, all around. But yeah. and, and another parallel of these characters who are like retribution, vengeance, this type of stuff, like looking to try and caught up in this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really did not get anything out of um, like the Silchus Ruin and all scene. So if there's anything you guys want to discuss there, please feel free. But it was pretty meh. Yeah, for me, that was more like, a, hey, we need to remember that these guys are going on a journey of utmost importance uh, for something. Mm-hmm. So uh, and also we need to get a cool sword for Rudalau, which then I was like, what if he's going to go try and steal a Hust sword from uh, Jan Tovis? That'd be, or Yad and Derek, sorry. That'd be pretty sick. You know, like, why can't he just get his own? Um, what did you guys think of this Ubala Plung Rolada scene? So annoying. Like, okay. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt about it. I think it's Was that a sincere laughter or an annoyed laughter? I don't know. It was like a, like a, what, an annoyed? It was, it was sort of funny the first time it happened a book ago. And it, I feel like the charm has really worn its welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm. I, a hundred, that is my, my feelings exactly, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. Um, What about you? Yeah. No, I, I, I feel, I, I don't. 
Yeah, Why do you I ask? totally get what you're Why do you ask? No, I was just asking. I, I was curious to hear how it hit you guys. It, I like the Rude Lao scene. I'm like, as yeah. Pete throws a whole Ublala Punk fanfic into the trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no reason. I don't I bring it up for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the Rude Lao scene. I'm like, yeah, that, that too happened. I don't know. I think when it's juxtaposed against like the Sin and Grub stuff is just so strong. I'm like, right. so moving to me. I'm like, yeah, this also happened in the chapter. You know? the, that's uh, why that's the like, dream shit's cool. The dream shit is, is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll mean something at some point for sure. Exactly. <laughs> just like lock it in your brain for later. And uh, yeah. that's what you should do with that. You're welcome. He is definitely holding a Jagat's weapon, right? Do you think he's holding one of the weapons of the 14 dead Jagat? Hmm. We, they're in the next chapter, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about, like, in his dream right now, he has. Oh, I, yeah, I just was thinking about the Jagger. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we see the Jagger in the next chapter. No, I'm I don't saying think we, we, do. we see the, We see the Talana Mask in the next chapter, bud. Um, oh. No, I'm wondering, because at the end, he says there's, like, he said a number that was really close to 14, and I was like, hmm, and then he mentions they have tusks, and I was like, hmm. So I was wondering if he is, like, wielding the armor of one of them, and if that's going to come up somehow. That would be pretty cool if it did. Barely a score left of his companions, so less than 20. And yeah. then at the end just says, tusked mouths open like split flesh, a cold laughter filled the exactly. air. Exactly. So I was like, well, he definitely, this was a Jagged's stuff. Yeah. And they laugh, you know. We yeah. know that they love and to they laugh. They do laugh. Oh my God, did I crack it? I didn't even remember they laughed. Josh, I don't know if saying like the only other Jagat we've seen in, the, in this last couple books are the, the ones that we're thinking about. I don't know if that's cracking it so much. as just... I'm going to say I cracked it. OK, I'm going to move right along to AJ. I have a mm. really big and important question for you. OK, so precious thimble just trying to conjure up some water. Yeah. Oh, ended this up this is the wild this is the wildest <laughs> scene maybe of the entire series i okay so i might agree with you josh <laughs> um i was you know i'll i i listen to the books uh now i've listened to the last couple and it's working out much better for me than like reading them but there are moments where i'll like zone out for like a second or two and i'll miss like mm -hmm. a sentence at most maybe like a paragraph and if i miss more than that i will like go back and re-listen to it whatever right right i was making breakfast you know Precious Thimble, I'm like, okay, we're here with these people. I don't super need to pay attention. I kind of get the idea. Like, you know, I'll listen to it tacitly and, and I'll kind of get the vibes. And then I hear a hand emerge from her face or something. And it's <laughs> like, whole body exploded. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What am I missing? What is happening? And so I had to go back and re-listen to that section again. And it does just like happen. It happens. Um, I didn't there's miss almost nothing there's, leading to it. There's no preamble. It is just all of a sudden her head is on a finger and we're, her skin is splitting open and there's a golden god or whatever the shit or a, a jade god. Um, that was fucking I mean, it was sick, like on many levels, uh, sick, gross, sick, wild, like sick. I want to read it again. Um, <laughs> but like, hello. What's going on? You know, it was very upsetting. Agree. Really upsetting. Really visceral. And Peter, for you coming back a sec mm. or a second time reading this, right? Um, mm -hmm. How was that for you? Um, Did you remember it? Did you expect it? Or were you like, holy shit again? It's a pretty. Yeah, I totally agree that AJ said <laughs> definitely a little surprising section. 
and AJ, I really would really resonate with how you described it is because there are so many scenes. I know when you're like, especially when you're coming back to a familiar vibe, it's mm -hmm. a vibe you've been in many times, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of know how these sections go. There's like a comedic thing, like we're moving along, we're going from point A to point B or something, you know, and like kind of your guard is down mm -hmm. in a way, or you're not like expecting something very dramatic to happen. So, yeah, totally a surprising thing. And Jade, 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 Jade statues. Um, mm -hmm. They're here. Yeah. It, it just, uh. that was just, I, I'm rereading it. it. Me too. It, I'm, I'm reading it right now. And it is like, it's, it's, this is like horror book writing. Yes. Like, it is, it is, is horrifying. We, 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 we snuck a horror short story into this, this 1400 page book uh, just for fun. It's so vile. It's so it's so very, very, very good. I was like, it's really good. What is happening? Also, the fact that she was just trying to conjure water makes it that much more like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. And there's like the tacit like, oh, this land doesn't want us here. Something doesn't want us here. It's like, yeah, we've heard that before. You know, we've heard stuff like that before. Uh, but man. Oh, vile. Yeah. Anyway. The next section is the gruntle section. India, sorry, what sorry, sorry. Make? The hand had pushed its fingers through the woman's body as if fighting free of an ill-fitting glove. Yeah, what the fuck? Body Steve? horror. Jesus. Steve, Steve read some Junji Ito and was like, I got that. I can handle this. Like, Not an ill-fitting glove. I'm really curious about the conditions on which he was writing that this specific part of the book. Like, what was, what was, his, what was his media <laughs> consumption like in that moment that he was like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. Based on all evidence, seems like he was writing it in a nice cafe. Well, I, I know Canada, that that's where he out. was writing it, but like the, <laughs> the outside influences. Sure, of sure, his... sure, sure. I was just joking. But also imagine uh, being in a cafe, like sipping your like TLA with just like, oh, yes, her body is like an ill-fitting glove. <laughs> right. Like the people next to you have no idea. That you're... <laughs> you're writing the sickest shit. Uh, anyway, Jesus. Sorry. Pete wanted to talk yes, about were... whatever the fuck else happens in this chapter. I don't know. <laughs> Gruntle? The Gruntle section's no, crazy. I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding, yeah. How are we feeling about Gruntle, Treach? He's on this journey again with the tiger. This is not, this is more of a Josh question. I am so not hot on the tiger you're, stuff. You're not into the Gruntle stuff. Interesting. Josh, do you care? I mean, no, I mean, it was a weird scene. Him and, him and Kalava always have this weird back and forth, and he, like, implies that he, like, loves her or wants to be with her or something, I felt like, which I was not ready for, considering she, like, literally has a husband uh i don't know kind of a weird scene uh, i i don't really know where it's going to lead us other than gruntle i guess has to participate now instead of he could have just run away i guess but yeah it's weird Man. gruntle talk about a guy who's really shined for me on a read throw yeah. read love and gruntle my guy i think i would really love to go back and read the like read the memories of ice gruntle just like see this guy who's like a a, a, a hired hand right he like he, yeah. he like gets hired to work on carts and stuff that's also really funny that he ends up with the Trigal Trade Guild like hired to work on a card again. That's actually really funny framing. Point. Yeah, and and then you see that in, in Toll the Hounds, him kind of coming back into the story in that bigger way. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. Last little section. And then we're just gonna we're just gonna go. We're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna bring it on home with a little bit of Mapo feeling sorry for himself. Sad um, because which is so funny. His entire purpose in this book is like, oh, my gosh, take care of Akarium, make sure he doesn't kill anyone, take care of Akarium. And he has been with him for maybe one of the books. Oh, Literally just been book, for, 
Book two so fucking wrong. and book, book two, four? book four, book six. That's where he loses him, is book six. He, he loses, loses him, him in yeah, book, book six. six. They're yeah, together yeah, 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 for yeah. three books. Okay. <laughs> we'll say two and a half. We'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. He's with him for two and a half books. But, but he wants to be done. Then, se- then seven, he's not in seven, right? Seven, we just see Akarium. We don't see yes. Mappo again until... Uh, then you book, see him in eight, eight and that's when eight. you first meet yes. Sad Mappo, who's like... He oh, gets I on f- the boat with uh, Lady Spite, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he wants to be done. I beg release, he says. <laughs> uh, but like done with what? Like done with because technically he is done. He he could have been done. You're totally right. I think he wants to be done feeling like he needs to feel Failed. responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he feels well, like that he sounds let like a self thing. You know, you got to look inside yourself for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a self. It's definitely a self thing because he's saying like, "I'm not the warrior you once knew. I'm not the wall to lean your weary self against." But it's like. Icarium's not there to ask you to do this, bud. You're like, you're putting this yeah. on yourself right now. Icarium's yeah, not, yeah. Icarium's not here. Right. Agree. 100% agree. Kind of yeah. like, shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think, well, Peter, yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Peter? Please. I know that you have a compassionate. I, I do love Mappo, so I don't feel as, I'm not, I'm not as brusque as y'all, but I, 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 I and sad map, sad map will make me sad. Sad map will make me sad. Is this where you cried? No. Okay. I do think it's interesting. Josh, this isn't where you cried? Of course not. I th- I have a feeling it's going to be the same place. Probably I have is. a feeling. Probably is. We're getting close. I am. Um, not you guys crying at the same thing. Besties. <laughs> I I do think it's it's kind of fun that we get this, like, these thoughts from Mappo about, like, uh, there's this line here, um... Everything as it once was, and at the core of it all, Mappo's willingness to surrender his own life rather than see the life stealer's eyes catch flame. Which is interesting, because it's like, I mean, I I think we've we've gotten that view of Mappo, I think, you know, in, in the other books of like, well, everything he's doing is just so that Icarium doesn't get mad. Um, but since he hasn't been with Icarium, it's been a lot of these big emotions of like, oh, I failed you, I failed you, I've done, you know, whatever. But then to to go back to these thoughts of like, but like, do I even want this again? Like, did did this make me feel good doing these things? And uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting to revisit those past motivations and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, really great thoughts there, AJ. I think we're ready to wrap it up and bring it on to chapter seven. Woo. Chapter seven. Breeze and Aranict sit by a fire. Breeze thinks he knows what Tavor is up to, and then he leaves. Later, Aranict heads to the command tent and listens to Tavor talk to Krukhava, Hanavit, and Shalamasa. Krukhava tries to get the adjunct to allow the Greyhelms to join the Bone Hunters, but Tavor refuses them. Tavor asks Abrastal about the state of Kalance and is told about the invaders from the sea, the Forkrill assail. Tavor says the Bone Hunters will travel without Breeze. Abrastal wonders out loud what Tavor is doing, and Banishar drunkenly shouts that everyone else is wondering the same thing. Tavor says there will be just one battle across the glass desert, and that the Bone Hunters will simply act as bait to draw the Forkrill assail away from the spire. 
Tavor talks about the Gates of Justice, the Spears of Jade, and the Crippled God's Worshippers. Finally, the plan is made. Abrastal's daughter will be used for communication because she can use Omtos Falak. Breeze and the Letheri will march with the Parish, and the Burned Tears will stand with the Bone Hunters. Listig tries to resign, but Tavor refuses him. Aranicht feels sad about the Bone Hunters, Fiddler rallies the troops, and Masan Galani runs into Ruth and Good and Bottle. The Talani Mass with her call Good Elder. Bottle wonders about the title of Elder and about Tavor's ability to draw people to her. He asks Good about his magic. Good tells him it's borrowed magic from the Storm Riders. Cotillion and Lestara Yill talk about the Shadow Dance, anger, and love. He thinks he shouldn't possess women anymore. Ruth and Good and Masan Galani make it back to the command tent, and Tavor strips Good of his rank. After he leaves, the unbound Talane Mass manifest in the tent, and the adjunct falls to her knees with relief. Bottle and Fiddler are reunited. Finally, Stormy arrives at the parlay and asks Tavor what role the Kachain Shamal play in the adjunct's big plan. They are to fight alongside the Greyhelms to destroy the crippled god's heart. Stormy then asks what has taken Tavor down this path. She says she took the first step when the Perrin family lost its only son. Let's dive right into chapter seven. And honestly, Peter, why don't you open it up to us? You love bris, bris. What a, loves what a bris. Inch, love a bris. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, um, what, a, what an interesting way to anchor the kind of command tent summit point of view. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Is to not only have it start from Bryce, but also from this kind of vulnerable position. Do you know what I mean? Of them together and seeing a, a little bit about what Bryce and Aaronicht are like, you know, and hearing about the parlay. I don't know. It's just, a, it's an interesting decision. Anyway, the parlay rules. We learn a lot about the plan. Um, really excited to hear about everyone's thoughts about the whole thing. I don't have that much else to share besides the section rules. We learn so much, but uh, I did have a really cool quote to share, but um, I'll, you know, I'll share it in a minute or two. What, what, what did you guys th you learned so much here it's like parlay it's the come it's the this confluence of all these different commanders and forces yeah that we've been kind of waiting and like before as we've slowly learned at least a little bit about like Tavor's trying to free the crippled god like here we're learning more about like what is the plan this is what it looks like here's what the team is here are the players here's the setting do you know what i mean i mm -hmm. do and I'm with you. Um, actually, I'm really not with you. I was bored, but obviously mm. I was bored. Let's get real. But I do agree. Um, and I was and I wasn't bored because of the content. Don't get me wrong. This is not a content based boredom. I was bored because I didn't understand the content. Mm. Um, so maybe if AJ, Josh, we want to do a quick run through of like your understanding and what you liked or what you didn't like. That would be really fun and cool for me. And also, I think our listeners. <laughs> I think what I liked most about this chapter is how much we got to see Tavor speak. Mm -hmm. um, we got stuff straight from the animal's mouth. What's the what's the saying? horses? 
Horses. Horses? I was going to say a camel came to my mind for some reason. I was like, that's not the quote. Um, but yeah, so I, I just think that was great. I think this, this is the most dialogue Tavor's had in the last four books. Yes. Um, and it's it's really great to to be back. regular chatty Kathy, a regular chatty Kathy. Uh, but it is great to like hear her just say her thoughts instead of us having to hear it second or third hand um, of people guessing what she is thinking. I do think it's interesting that uh, the bone hunters are like bait. Um so that the parish can go steal the heart seems pretty rough. I think I, I, I mean, this is all kind of one big section, right? Uh, do, do we want to do we want to split up specific beats of it? Because there is a bit. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much. To, I, I don't know how we should approach it, but yeah, I, I think maybe well, we. Yeah, go ahead, AJ, please. Well, I was I was going to say, I feel like we could do all this like parlay stuff as one big thing. And then like the 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 latter half of the chapter is is like bottle Masangalani, all that stuff. Yeah, um, because like I think it's really, really interesting here that uh, I don't remember who says it, but at some point somebody's like, oh, they're all going to die. And that's what it means to be unwitnessed um, is for mm-hmm. nobody to survive. And I'm just I'm not sure how I feel about it. Josh, do you have an opinion on like whether that's like like good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I well, I mean, it, I think the good would be dependent on whose point of view. you Yeah, are. I don't know, like how to ask the question. It's just like I read that and I was like, oh, OK, weird. I was like, look, it makes sense yeah. um, that she would be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, she has always been seen as the person willing to make these impossible, you know, decisions. Uh, I do think that and in her soldiers and look, maybe her soldiers are naive, but you know, she has also always had some kind of a you know card up her sleeve that she doesn't know will work, but she you know hopes or believes it will. Mm-hmm. And so it, you would you would hope the book doesn't end with the entire Bone Hunter army being killed. But could <sighs> yeah, it I don't could. know. I feel like. Because she's also, I mean, look, she's she's telling her allies, like, this is what we're doing. But at the yeah. same time, the heavies and marines are getting a different assignment. She's conspiring with these five Talani masks and the crippled god, and none of that's being shared. So clearly there are still strategic ploys that she has that I'm assuming are being held in hopes of saving the army. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. Josh, you're speaking about all these strategic elements. You're our resident tactician. Um what did you what did you make about learning about kind of the battle strategy, so to speak? I mean, the, the that she's desperate, you know, uh, that there I mean, we have a legit ticking time bomb. And uh, the fact that she's even going to bring the regulars through the glass desert already speaks to just like how bad of a situation it is. Um, now, follow up. If she was just going to always send the parish away why did they need to meet up here couldn't there have been a more direct route to the water for them you know like back when they were still fucking on it (laughs) couldn't they have just sailed around then that was a little much for me um india so there's also some conversation aj mentioned a lot of tavor talk but we also blistig is here expressing his concerns that obviously he's expressed before um, how did you feel about these people who are like uh, Blistic's concerns here and his involvement in the scene? Um, 
I'm having a brain fart, but one of them, there's two new fists, right? Ferritin, Sort, and Kindly. Blistig's the one that's been there with Kenneb since the start. Yes, yes. So then Blistig's who I'm thinking about. Okay, yes. So I feel like he's kind of like going through it. So, and he's not really Tavor's biggest fan right now. And so, I don't know. I'm like, I don't, what was your question? Like, do you think the concerns he braises in the parlay are fair? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that he's a little biased, but also, um, I'm not really sure what he brings up, though. I don't really recall, but I feel like if whatever he did bring up, <laughs> I wouldn't understand t- tactically if it's true or not. But I can say I feel like he's speaking from a little bit of a salty, um, which is fair. They don't know where the fuck they're going and they don't know what they're doing. And Tavor is making it kind of difficult to um, mm. trust anyone. What well, I like, I don't know. I hate saying that, but like, I feel like that's kind of the what we're getting at this point. Um, so I would say probably. In India, do you trust Tavor? She hasn't given me a reason to trust her, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. I mean, yes, I'm not dead, but like so many of us are. Like, I'm just not dead out of sheer luck. And that's my thought. Do you trust Tavor? There's that whole section related to what you just said, where they were like, and you think you're lucky because you you followed orders, but everyone else who died also followed orders. Mm -hmm. I forgot who said it, but that was also in this chapter. Uh, Isn't that Fiddler talking with the guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they show up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, with the the folks. (laughs) AJ, Josh, what, what about you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I specifically to that last point, like, I feel like the options were either like a bunch of people die so that a bunch of people can survive or just everybody dies. Yeah, I don't think there was ever an option where like Tavor could just be like, oh, here's the option where nobody dies and we make it out right. and we're good. I think that's like. So she's just doing the best she can. Is that what I'm understanding from you? Yeah, Andrew? and it's like still not great. People are dying. That sucks. But it's like at least everyone's not dead you know which is like maybe not the most solace you want to find in a in a sentiment but like agree a lot with aj i i i i feel like i have enough trust in tavor and through tavor uh mr erickson to (laughs) have thought of all possibilities so uh he's gotta go but here's the thing josh Mr. Erickson mm-hmm. can just make up the possibilities. So like then he's like, you know, and then Tavor and everybody push- is hey, alive hey, and everybody's hey. fine. It's fine. And AJ, we've met him enough to to you know that's not true. He would he would immediately push back. <laughs> um I just wanted to share. So the I know I brought up recently on the pod that I'm a big Banishar head. Um mm. and I think this scene exemplifies one of the reasons I've always loved Banishar. Talk about a guy, and I've just always loved priest characters. I was actually thinking about this while biking recently. Sure. I don't know why, but the idea of like just like someone who really has a faith and is holding on to it is really beautiful to me. Um, and, you know, I also think probably the Temple of Drek, I'm going to guess, doesn't hate gay people. You know, I'm just picking up the vibes that they're, sure. you know, that they love the gays, you know. Okay. Um, that's, that's what I think. The big worm? Loves LGBT affirming. Absolutely. Loves the gays. Mm. Um, anyways, um, 
just like such such a beautiful thing. He's like the last priest of this god that's kind of irrelevant, and he's like holding on to this faith, and he still believes in it. And here he is still believing, and he has this awesome quote when Blistig, um, they're all talking about mutiny and being unwitnessed and stuff like that, and it says, "Here we go." <clears throat> Banishar spoke, and Aaronic was shocked to see tears streaming down his cheeks. To the executioner's axe, there are those who kneel, head bowed, and await their fate. Then there are those who fight, who strain, who cry out their defiance, even as the blade descends. He pointed a finger at Blistig. Now, you will speak true, Fist. Which one is adjunct Tavor? You know, and he's talking about Tavor, but like he's also just like talking about himself and his willingness to like stand in his faith and his belief and that he is someone who really believes that like it you should just believe in something and hold true to that and that that he's unwavering in that mm-hmm. even though he's like so drunk and despondent and depressed and like kind of just so lost. I don't know. I just I think it's so beautiful and I loved him in this scene and just love Banishar. Shout out to my guy okay um the scene's also good i just wanted to that's the, my big takeaway this time through was i love banishar yeah nice that's good no that's that's a great that's quote. a good takeaway yeah he definitely he definitely steals the scene <laughs> all right should we shuffle through yeah yeah let's shuffle to hmm. can we skip over the masangalani stuff sure whatever uh why the meeting the meeting up yeah not the later stuff no like the like the scene four yeah yeah we can skip that yeah yeah and then we could put it all together okay cool um all right ruth and good i I, I did just want to quick say if we're skipping past it the fiddler speech where he's talking about them being as walking dead i feel like it's like such a fun parallel good between like the actual dead Mm. bridge burner army Mm. and them as like yeah the walk, you know, it's just a fun little echo in a way. Sorry. I agree, Peter. Classic Walking Dead. Ruth that and good. Whole, that whole speech is so fucking good. You want to talk about it, guys? <laughs> I was gonna say we did just say we wanted to skip past it, but do you want to talk about it? No, I have nothing no, more to add. No, nothing no, more to add. no, um, no, please. You I could possibly. Want to talk about it. I could never. India wants us to go forward. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I would. I don't want us to go forward. I want to go wherever you guys want to go. I'm just driving. I don't want to. Please, please go forward. I don't, please go forward. I, I don't want to talk about Humble it. Humble Clearly, I would never. So Masangalani meets up with Ruth and Good and Bottle. <laughs> yes, thank you. They do some talking about like, here's what I've been up to, and then Ruth and Good's yeah, like, sure. hey, you're not alone, huh? <laughs> right. One of the only times in this series ever that someone has known their Artelani mass around. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then they all bow to him and call him elder. elder. Like. Yeah. Uh, what could it mean? Because he swears he's not an elder god. Well, I think Later. also, Josh, it could just be like the position of elder. Exactly. Well, he's so old. Yeah. Like he could. He's like be an he's with that. He he talks about that one guy, Greymane, right? And Greymane's from fucking ages ago. <sighs> yeah. Shout out Greymane. Shout out Greymane. Um, Is Greymane something to do with the Crimson Guard that we met forever ago? Yeah, it sounds um, right. Listen, you. That's a story for another day. Let's just Greymane, shoot. Just a yes or no. Crimson Guard. Um. He, well, he's in the. He's in a book about the Crimson. There Guard. you go. Do you want me to keep yeah, reading, he, Peter? No, he's not. Um, okay, he's not. We haven't met him. He's not a part of the Crimson Guard. That's okay. my answer. Thank if you. you were, if you, if you must twist it. Yes, <laughs> I'm twisting it. Consider it twisted. Okay. Um. So, what are your guys like? Were you guys cool on this? How do you feel the Elder Gods thing? Is it possible? Well, I like. Look, he's just male. You know, he's just bug. 
hanging out, trying to do human stuff, trying to blend in, kind of tired of the responsibility. Mm. That's a but, fair point. Know? But like why I feel like if that were the case, we would have gotten a bit in one of the Elder God like sitcom scenes where they were like, what about Ruth and Good? Well, so Ruth and Good's definitely not his real name. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't have um, we heard another name. AJ, I mean, that is an, it is entirely possible that, yes, we've heard another name. I guess he could be anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. And I, it wouldn't shock me. I, I, I mean, we he's, met Dasim Altor two books ago. Yeah. You know, That's like so true. But Dasim Altor is not an elder god. You know, no, but he's like, a, I mean, all but sure. That's what I think. That's what I think you're good is also. Yeah. What if we find out that he's the actual nefarious bread? God, I would love him to be the real nefarious bread. But also, <laughs> what does that even fucking mean? Like, it doesn't mean anything. it's just another name. I know. I thought this stuff was cool. I, I mean, I always like scenes with bottle. I like scenes with weird old people who are really strong. And I like the Talani mess. So it's it's three things that I love all in one. I re- India's just dropped off the call. She's joining us back soon. Her computer is rebooted. And I really want to move in and talk about the next scene. However, Josh, look at me in the eyes. So this is the scene where this is the scene where you cried. I it's not where I cried, but I, <gasps> I had a s- oh, suspicion. Damn. Had a suspicion this could be where you cried. This damn. is a pretty. Sad I cannot scene. wait. I cannot wait to hear where you cried. I thought for sure it was this scene. No, and if it wasn't the fiddler speech. Wow. We'll, get, we'll get to it, AJ. Well, I mean, clearly wow. we'll get to it, obviously. Yeah. Wow. I cannot wait to hear what it is. But um, uh, for me, this cotillion Lestara Yill scene is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just an incredible scene. Um, and cotillion is a character that's been kept at a distance for a while. And to see more about him and to hear him speak about his internal life is so moving and this idea that you know i don't know about you guys i feel like anytime you really spend any time with cotillion or shadow throne especially cotillion he's just like radiating a deep sense of regret mm. do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he just is not seem well and especially when he's talking about his relationship to Absalar and this thing with cotillion love and then like lestara yields like oh like the power of Lestarazia love and her faith in humanity and the type of life that she's living is like absent in Cotillion's heart. Oh, so powerful. What did you guys think of the scene? No, it's a great scene. I love it. I think a lot of what you said uh, holds true, Pete. I think this, all this stuff about love um, and like what it means to, to worship and all that whatnot is like just really, really good. Um, I liked it. What, what was there anything specific that made you cry about it or was it just, the general kind of like, oh, we're getting we're getting like a deeper view of Cotillion and also kind of a deeper view of Lestar Yale, I feel. Um, but what was I think I was just so moved by like this idea that like the power of love being this thing that drives our entire lives and is kind of a will to existence because Cotillion's there and Lestar's like, how did you even live? How have you lived this long if you haven't felt this way? Do you know what I mean? Um, how has this power had uh, when that love kind of echoed into her when him when she was shadow dancing mm. how did it have such a strong effect do you mean i think just the idea around love there was very powerful to me mm-hmm. and his, and his sorrow that i felt felt was so well portrayed about living a life without it and that she took on this anger i don't know and the way that this like 
the exchange of emotions between it. And I don't know. I've been thinking so much about how gods and people work work in the series. So I don't know. It just really moved me. And I loved the section. And it also made me think about Absalar a lot. So Josh, yeah. what did you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It It's beautiful. Um, I, I mean, Cotillion is the most human of the gods in this series. Mm. And it's probably the one most focused on regret and, you know, wondering if what everything he's done has been worth their end goal. And it's just like so cool to see a god have a breakdown, you know, <laughs> like it's just not a thing you'd ever imagine seeing if they're, you know, when they're a god. Mm. Um, there is a sentence he says when he's just talking to himself. Is he talking about Absalar and Perrin, do you think? I don't have the... I could go get the book if you want me to. It's, it's a very short I can scene. try to pull it up. I know the, exactly the sentence you're talking yes. about. He says, should I just have let... Why did I take her from him? Something like yeah, that. It's something like that. And I was like, that's gotta be... He's gotta be regretting. He's like mm. not tasted love in so long. And he was sort of scorning their love and, you know, trying to convince Perrin it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And now that he's felt again, he's just like, why the fuck would I take that from them? Yeah. Yeah. So good. I, I, while Pete, was, while Pete looks for that one. quote, I did have another quote here. Um, I guess just a shout out to the uh, Moonspawn Discord who has a has a Discord reaction that says always an even exchange, uh, which is said here in this section talking about uh, you took that love, didn't you? I, it drowned you. And uh, just as your anger drowned me. And then he and then Cotillion says always an even exchange. And it's near the end. Our youth, he murmured, as if he had not heard her, the brightness of the sun. She chose to leave him because I fear of me, of what I did to her. It was wrong. All of it. So terribly wrong. Love, I'd forgotten. Mm-hmm. I think it's about absence. It's got to be absolutely impaired. It's got to be. I'm just going to keep reading. The shadows deepened, and a moment later, she was alone in her tent. She, Cotillion, listen to my prayer. For all of your fears, love is not something you can forget, but you can turn your back on it. Do not do that. A god had sought her out. A god suffering desperate need. But she couldn't give him what he desired. Perhaps she saw now he'd been wise in rejecting what she offered. The first time it was anger for love. But I saw no anger left in him. Always in even exchange. If I opened my love to him, whatever he had left inside himself, he didn't want it to give it to me. And that she now comprehended had been an act of mercy. The things said and the things not said in the space in between a thousand worlds, a thousand worlds. So good. Incredible. <clears throat> 10 out of 10. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10. Just, wow. just really just loved the section, made me upset, uh, made me cry. Yeah. Um, and uh, India wasn't even here for it. I, I hope India liked the section. <laughs> India love it. It'd be heartbreaking. You know? uh, yeah. um, there's also this great line. I think I'm done with possessing women. Um, yeah, which yeah. is a silly line. It's, so, um, it's really good. Good section. Yeah. I'm glad that it uh, resonated with you in that way, Pete. I'm just going to say it. I don't know if we've gotten the video up, but we just we just put up on our YouTube a very long conversation between me and Quick Gen about a thesis a woman wrote on the female characters in the series. And in it, there's a large section on um, Absalar, and in it, they're touching on Cotillion and this this passage is, is discussed widely by the author in the thesis. So highly suggest that part of it. Also just um, check out that video if you can. Um, but just a really cool paper. And I, it made me think about that. I actually had revisited this, this section was thinking about it when I read that thesis. So, mm. Mm. Um, All right. Um, so Josh, I guess the question remains, 
Well, we have, we still, there's still, oh, oh, is she back? She is back. Perfect timing, India. Um, okay, wait. So we're not there yet. Wait, India, ma'am. I'm here. India, okay, cool. She's we, here. I She's have here. to know the cotillion Lestariel conversation. Well, hold on. <laughs> are they you're, in love? Are they in love? It's a different take. Was not prepared for that. I don't think so. The love also, of Lestari feels is for that guy. Okay, yeah. Um, I liked it. I don't know. Like, I don't understand it because, like, what did she do? What did she feel with, like, why is he filled with love? Like, what did she do? All she did was do a, do a dance. Well, but, but, but her doing the dance was him possessing her. So he was doing it. Because it's not, it's, not, it's not a shadow dance. It's the shadow dance, you know? Mm. Right. I don't know. What do you guys think? What are your, what are your thoughts? I don't we just got into yeah, it. This, yeah, is the section, this is the section. This yeah. is the section I cried at. Oh, I I loved this. Section. I knew that. No wait. This is what I thought you were gonna cry at. Yeah, I knew this is what you were gonna cry at. I just looked at it. Yeah, but wait. Did you guys discuss um, if you think that Tavor and Masan Galani are gonna fuck? We are almost there. Uh, and the answer is maybe. Maybe. A little thin for Masan's tastes, but <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to check in. Um, listen, I love the section. and What did you I love lo- about it? Let's talk about I, it. I just love Lestara. I think the whole passage is beautiful. So, um, yeah, I just... And Indy, I, I hate we, to say, we, we did, did just quite get we, into we it. We did yeah. just spend a whole... We spent that entire yeah, yeah, time yeah. T- Pete talking about their feelings about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Because you did talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we, we did record for yeah. about 10 minutes or so. Okay, good. Well, um, my feelings are similar to yours then. <laughs> I feel the exact same. There we go. <laughs> All right. So the thing is this, and we're all waiting on Braided Broth. Josh, where did you cry? Well, we ha- we got to get through the next scene first. It's the Masan Galani and uh, Tavor scene. It's really good. Okay. Is that where you cried? No. That's not where you What cried. did you like so much about this Masan Galani scene? It's really cool. You know? Tavor shows human emotion. <laughs> she shows, she shows, uh, what's not embarrassment, but like, uh, she's like in night clothes and she's like, oh, modesty. Mm. Uh, and then she shows absolute just exhaustion and relief when the five unbound show up, which, whatever the fuck that means, because <laughs> they work with the crippled. They, we know they work with the crippled god and like they're very powerful, I guess, but I didn't know Tavor was like literally in league with the crippled god, it seems. Not just trying to house the chains, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean in league? What do you mean in league? Well, I, we don't know, India. I mean, we know she's saving him to prevent the Forkel Assail from using him. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, what happens after that? You know, is she saving him for his own salvation to go fuck off and do what he wants and be powerful? Or is she going to be like, and now that you can't be used, death. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, compassion. 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 How many how many plans do you th- Josh, that that's actually a recurring theme in the series. Thank you. How many plans do you think the crippled god had to fail and be like, this was all part of the plan before like actually making a plan? <laughs> it seems like his it's his MO. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't even say, a plan he the made. This isn't even a plan he made. This is divorce plan. He's yeah. like, Yeah, according to plan. Yeah. I will say on that front, Kaman Saad wants what Shadow Throne has. <laughs> he is always <laughs> being like, This is Nope, my plan did not work out. Very funny. I also love that um, you're calling him Kamen Saad. We're on a first name basis. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. I cried when Cuddle hugged Bottle. Aww. And it wow. has cemented Cuddle as a top a top tier character for me. He went from very mid-tier to A-tier for me with this scene. Mm-hmm. Wow. So fucking good. 
I just thought it was so beautiful, and I did tear up a little bit. Wow. I, I'm honestly stunned that that's the section. Yeah. Human emotion, baby. Human emotion. I mean, it's These heavies and marines have lost so much, mm-hmm. and, like, just even one of them not having died and the relief of that is just so it, it, you can just feel the relief and the, the happiness going through them, which is like impressive considering how much they've lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's like, we've seen humanity in like the bone hunters and the bridge burners and stuff like in the soldiers and whatnot. But I think this type of like, I'm hugging you because I missed you type of humanity, mm-hmm. like very real, yeah. like, very grounded yeah. in like mundane reality humanity you know what i mean it's like oh it's nice to see your friend and give them the hug um mm-hmm. but that is so true your friend's not dead your friend's yeah. not yeah. dead Hugely. and it's like yes let me give you a hug you know uh it's just it's the it's the kind of um and i'm, I'm saying mundane again but it's not like i don't think it's like well, well especially juxtaposed against the cotillion yes. scene which is so yeah, like yeah, heady yeah. and like whatever whatever it's yeah. so much more tactile than yeah. that i think you mean yeah tactile the juxtaposition is crazy the juxtaposition's it crazy, is crazy. the postmodern elements of the hug no yeah kind of the ludo narrative dissonance on this one is <laughs> okay kind of that's insane. just totally oh, okay. unrelated let's move to... on let's let's clear this <laughs> out diegetic <laughs> music non-diegetic or we just throw oh, it we're doing i love some non-diegetic music <laughs> i hate this part are we done we have one more scene. What part do I you think hate? It could be done. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else to say. What do you mean? The final sentence. My path began when the Perrin family lost its only son. What does that mean? Lost him how? To the path where he became the assistant to the adjunct Lorne? Like, what? What? When did they lose Perrin? Is Perrin really a son of the house of Perrin? Do, <laughs> is Ganoas not actually part of their house? Who fucking knows? Mm, interesting. Well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah. I guess we just have to read the book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did the think book. It, the book. The book. India. We're so yeah. close. Oh, my God. The book. Wow. Crazy thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Stormy. Uh, Stormy meets up with uh, the, the gang. Yeah. Pretty I thought sick. that was cool. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what's up? And he's like, yeah, just. I'm a shield anvil now, so I guess that's my thing. Oh, what's new? Um, I don't know. I'm like uh, the shield anvil of the Kachin Jamal now. <laughs> they that's are what so I... chill about mm-hmm. it. It's like they are. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh this this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not an animal. He's not a mound. He's like he's a warrior. Yeah. He's and, he's like one. And of he's me. even he's even like yeah. The the, the Naruk were a little more injured when we when we faced them. I, I assume you guys must have faced them, and they were like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we did bump into them. Yeah, it's it's just like so nonchalant, and then a bird lands in his beard and like burns mm-hmm. or gets electrocuted or whatever. I thought that was really funny, but also like, what is this curse? <laughs> is it is it is it his like uh, being bathed in the fires of Talan curse or like is it something else? Oh, I forget the exact context of that sentence. One of the type this literally this is the whole context. One of the tiny birds tried landing in Stormy's beard. His curse sent it screeching away. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> I think he just means like, like he's like cursing. Oh, his it. curse word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. that's that much less. Okay, cool. Good chapters. All right, we did Good it. Good chapters. Great Woo! job. Um, Great chapters. Great chapters. We did it. Two hour app. 
India, before we wrap up the episode, I did want to just say this summer, the Malzahn Stream of the Fallen, we're raising money for charity. We've decided to date. It's July 22nd. Put it in your calendars. It's a Saturday. We're going to stream for 10 hours. We're raising money for charities. We're going to have books. We're going to have guests. We're going to play games. That's right. Have you ever read a Malzahn book in your life? This stream's for you. We're going to celebrate our ending of our read-through and have a great time and hopefully raise money for a good cause. So please show up. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. July 22nd. It'll be on our YouTube. Uh, so please subscribe to our YouTube if you're not. We might also multi-stream it onto Twitch. I'm not sure the logistics of that. Um, but that's AJ's job. That not is my mine. job. Uh, but YouTube is the primary platform. So find us on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. All right. I'm going to take us out. Thanks for that, Peter. So looking forward to seeing you all on july 22nd um you know doing this we love you guys we are rock stars and we're out of here baby when i say come you say passion come passion hello everybody producer aj here i'm so sleepy so i'm just doing this one off the dome thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast uh, if you have any thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes you can email us 10 very big books or tweet us at 10 very big books also make sure you are subscribed to us on youtube.com if you'd like to get the notification for our stream of the fallen on july 22nd this summer it's a saturday it's gonna be a great time so make sure you mark that in your calendars uh thank you to all of our patrons over on patreon if you'd like to support us you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10 very big books if you'd like to join our discord you can head over to bit.ly slash vbb discord that's capital v capital b capital b capital d discord that link also in the show notes uh, and as always thank you so very much to dan gazer for making our spectacular cover art you can follow him on twitter at uh, twitter.com slash a underscore w underscore dan g for tweets also thank you so much to my very very good friend scout wilkinson uh for making the special art that you'll be seeing for the remainder of this season and that was going through the last season so if you missed it you should go check that out you can follow her on twitter at humble goat you can also check out her ko-fi page at ko-fi dot co slash humble goat and finally thank you to the one the only amaranthan for the use of his music including the remix intro and outro track all from his album simulant rain which you can find on his bandcamp amaranthan.bandcamp.com that link also in the show notes 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on april 28th talking about the crippled god book three That's right, baby. We're doing another book again. It's going to be a whole book episode, so get ready for it. I'll talk to you then, and thank you so much for listening.